to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey there, Bright Lights. It's Angela. Welcome to this episode of Architecting. This is going to be so good. I don't know if you've had a similar experience, but no matter how much I do, how much I accomplish, I often still feel unseen and like people are minimizing what I'm doing and underestimating me. Have you had this experience where it just seems like other people are noticed and celebrated and you're doing more than they are, but yet it's not really clicking for you and it just always feels like a lot of efforting, a lot of work to try to just keep on doing things. If you've been a listener to this show, we've done a lot of episodes where we talk about external validation and doing things for the wrong reasons instead of from a place of clarity and alignment. Yet we walk that line because when we're doing something that's aligned and we feel so good about it and we know, we know that the work we are producing is really good stuff. It should be getting traction, but it seems like it's not. Well, if you are feeling that way, if you are saying, how do I shift this? It's a little bit about the difference between being proactive versus reactive. When you're reactive, as things come along, you're handling them but you're not really queuing up the things you want to happen. You're simply taking life on as it comes at you. You're never going to escape that reactivity because life is always going to happen and things are always going to maybe take you on an unexpected U-turn or down a path that you might not have considered something that feels like a crisis or an emergency opens your eyes to new possibilities. So I don't want to make the reactive state a bad thing here. It is part of life, so don't shut that down. But we can get so caught up in reacting that we're not being proactive. Reactive is external. Proactive is internal. And if you do the proactive stuff, it actually helps you to be a better reactor because you already have done the work. So as these situations come along for you to react to, you got something in your bag of goodies, right? You got something. You're not always starting from scratch. And being proactive means that you got to be the dreamer who does. 
So you can't just dream because when you just dream, you never take action. And no matter how big your dreams are, you're not doing your job to put them out in the world. But you can't just be a doer. So you have to balance being the dreamer who does. The person who stops accepting the status quo and instead gets really, really curious and starts asking a lot of questions about why. And does it really have to be that way? And is it really important? You know, so much of what happens in our culture, in our world, is a lot of default thinking. It's a lot of if-then scenarios. If you've ever learned even the most basic things about computer programming, you know that there's a lot of if-then scenarios that get built in. If this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. And it's protocols. And we know that our brain works in habits, which are another version of these protocols. And we can go on autopilot. We can really stop being as conscious to our lives as we need to be when we're just activating different sets of protocols. This happens. This is the chain of responses. That happens. That's what I do. It can be really comfortable to be in that mode because you know what to do. And the more skills you get, the easier it is to activate those protocols and to have better and better protocols. But the proactive state says, well, wait a minute. What am I doing with this particular if-then scenario? Is that really true? And even if it is true, is it the only way that this could play out? What if I created a different if-then scenario? What would happen? What would happen if instead of dreaming big, but not really sharing that with anyone because I don't want them to think I'm crazy and just sort of dismissing that dream, except if I maybe watch a movie that's really inspirational or hear my favorite song, you know, things like that that elevate our spirit and get us into that mode where we feel invincible and our dreams all feel like they could happen in the next five minutes. Yeah, but that wears off and then we go on. This is what's true for the dreamers who do. When you share your dreams, when you share a vision, there's a tendency for it to be dismissed. You know, you're out of your mind till it actually happens. And if you were to read the stories of many great scientists and inventors, you'll find that theme coming up over and over and over again. They believe something is possible. They see something no one else can, and they start sharing their vision. And the people around them are like, what are you talking about? Are you nuts? And of course, the bigger the dream, the more you have to fail to make it come true. So it's really easy for the dreamer to start trying to implement their dream and hit a wall. And if you're so invested in being accepted, you might just give up at that point. 
And that's what I really want you to focus on. If you take nothing else away from this show today is that failure is learning. And when you take the time to really get in touch with your purpose, to realize that your purpose is bigger than you. So yeah, it's going to feel super powerful. It's going to be something that isn't possible yet. You're not going to know how to do it. But I want you to get really clear on what it is and why it matters to you. And then I want you to do and be open to all possibilities. Don't expect that when you share this, especially the first time, that the people around you are going to say, hey, right on, how can I help? Most likely they'll go, huh, well, that's interesting. Or they'll dismiss it. But they won't provide you a path to get there which is why I'm always talking about finding your masterminds, finding mentorship, finding networks, because the more people you can surround yourself with who are also giving themselves permission to be dreamers who do, because all of us have this potential, some people will never choose to tap into it. They will lock their dreams up so tight. They will put them in a box and shove them in the basement and they will never, 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 never look at them again. They will make themselves wrong for even having them, for being so quote unquote silly or frivolous. And that's not your problem. Not your job to go rummaging through someone's basement with your box cutter opening up their dream boxes. Not your job. Your job is to stay in your lane and do you and never to put your dreams away just because they're not getting the traction that you want right away. To understand that failure is learning. So of course you're gonna see something and try something and it may not work and that does not mean that you're headed in the wrong direction. It just means you found one way that didn't work. Another roadblock that dreamers who do can really encounter is resistance from other people. I have had conversations with very high-level people and tried to bounce an idea off of them and had them actively dismiss it. So instead of saying, well, that's intriguing, let's brainstorm around this, People who know me, people who've seen me get results say, well, are you sure about that? I don't think you're right. Don't go that way. Did you really say that to that person? I bet you offended them. You're hurting the morale of the whole team because you're questioning something. And that can be really painful. Have you experienced that where somebody... And maybe they have the very best of intentions. We should not ever try to psychoanalyze somebody and figure out where they're coming from and whether it is a place of jealousy or pain or negativity. Always assume positive intent. But it still hurts. It hurts that they didn't have faith in you. And the better they know you, the more they're aware of what you're capable of. 
the more it hurts and the more self-doubt you start to feel because they're making you wrong and you're thinking, did I really do that? Because I didn't mean to do that. I was trying to light a fire. I was trying to shine the flashlight into the corner so that other people could see that what we're dealing with that we all feel is a problem might have a different solution path than what we've been thinking it is. I was trying to inspire people. When somebody expressed doubt or fear, I was trying to encourage them. How could that ever have been wrong? How could that ever have been me making them feel bad or me being offensive, right? I mean, you're, you're being accused, essentially, of the very thing that the person who is shutting your idea down is doing to you. But the thing about dreamers who do, who don't give up, who really have conviction and clarity around their purpose, who have taken their ego completely out of the equations. It isn't about external validation or acceptance anymore. It is about a burning desire, an imperative to make this mission, which is bigger than you, happen. And because of that, there is no more doubt. There is no more fear. There is simply, I have to do it. And a great way to think about this is let's imagine that there's an unfortunate circumstance where someone you love very much has had some kind of health issue. It's not covered by insurance, but a life-saving procedure that is experimental could save them. And you have to come up with $100,000 in order to do that. Would you not do everything? I mean, you would have the Kickstarter campaign. You would have the sign in your front yard. You would have the website. You would do whatever. You would call anybody shamelessly and ask for money because the mission of saving your loved one would be bigger than you. It would turn your ego, that voice that's all about the anger, the guilt, the shame, the doubt, would shut that down. And instead, you would be completely purpose-driven. We have to start treating our dreams that same way because every single one of us is here for a reason. We are not just here to take up space in the world. And your reason is about the greater good. Your reason is always bigger than you are. You are just a radio broadcasting a signal. And why do we need so many different radios when there might be the same purpose? Because not everybody can hear what you're saying, but your people will hear it. So if we have 10 different people with the same mission, all broadcasting in their voice, they're going to reach a lot more people than if they all had the same voice. Think of it that way. It is a bigger mission. There are others who share this mission with you. And because it is bigger than you, we need a lot of people to do it. So we can't be quiet. We can't stand down. We can't be 
told, not yet. Now is the time. And it doesn't mean because you take action now that you're going to see results now. Things happen in divine timing. You have small breakthroughs, but you don't have any breakthroughs when you don't take action. Remember, when you're encountering doubt or resistance from other people, when they're projecting their own issues onto you, instead of absorbing that, understand that it isn't yours. Understand that they're not your audience. Be grateful for that difficult conversation that you had because it helped you see ways that maybe you need to pivot the message because it's not being heard or understood. Or it helped you see what you don't want. There is no point in putting all of your time and effort in something that's not a good fit for you. You're yelling into the wind. Find your people, find your audience, and you will get traction. Take their criticism and put it to good use to strengthen your clarity, to sharpen your vision so that you become more powerful for it. And I've had a lot of times in my life lately where I've had these challenges where I've really been tested because I took a course of action that I knew was right, that was unpopular, and that was actually unpopular on a scale that I had not even anticipated and got so much blowback, so much criticism, so much even vicious attacks and pressure to change the course of action and do something different. And I held my ground. I did not waver. I pushed through the adversity and I thought about well, what could we do different? Because it's not just about saying, this isn't the right direction to take. We need to do something different. But how? How are we going to do something different? And I came up with strategies and I included other people. And this is important that you're not a lone wolf. It can feel very isolating when this happens, but you are not alone. Pull in like-minded people, leverage your network, brainstorm solutions with them. And what I found is a problem I was dealing with last year that challenged my leadership, that challenged my vision, that I held firm on, and that I built a solution strategy with a group of people what that group of people came up with as a recommended solution got implemented this year, and the results of that effort are better than I ever could have hoped for. It really made a difference to have held my ground to be solution-oriented and to include like-minded people to brainstorm. Because I don't have all the answers. I can get stuck just like anybody else can. But what I do have is the courage of my conviction, my ability to believe in the possibility in a bigger outcome than what is playing out that I'm calling out. 
in the ability to believe in magic and not make myself and my vision wrong, not to allow someone to say that I'm shining too bright, but instead to shine my light even more intensely. And I have a little recommendation for you. I can't play someone else's music without their permission, so I can't play this song for you. But I'm going to recommend that you go and look up the Katy Perry song, Daisies, because this song is all about that. The daisy actually has the symbolism of being a sign of pure clarity of purpose. It also is the flower of the Divine Mother in whatever form that you like to see her. The Divine Mother is all about creation, conviction, and making a decision and holding it on all the way through to fruition. Listen to that song. Pull up the lyrics. They are really, really, really powerful and hopefully can help inspire you. It's something you can listen to if you've had a little bit of an issue or a crisis of conscience to help you know that you are not wrong for taking a stand and to help you feel good about pushing through, learning from failure, and moving forward. All right, everyone, take care. Love you so much. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend like, rate, and review. It really does help more people to find this podcast and find the architecting community. And I will see you next time. Love you all. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.